So this is our second session about servant leadership. What we want to do is we want to take a look at the different aspects of servant leadership and the five C's that we've discovered that help us to understand a little bit more about what servant leadership is really all about. But before we do that, let's take a look at the definition of what servant leadership truly is. Servant leadership is a style based on the idea that leaders prioritize serving the greater good. Leaders with this style serve their own team and organization first. They don't prioritize their own objectives. Employees in a servant leadership environment are more likely to feel that their voices are heard. You know, this is a really good opportunity for us to be able to really understand and see how Jesus Christ led. If he was the best leader ever, then the, the best thing for us to do is to really follow his lead and follow along with what he's done and what he's said. You know, John 13, 14, and 15 tells us, And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I've done to you. This is a really great verse because it still takes us to the point to understand that Jesus isn't just a servant. He's also a leader. He's also a teacher. So when we become a servant leader and we're out there leading our team and leading our organization, we're not sitting there trying to serve and meet their every single need. What we're trying to do is we're trying to help them to be able to accomplish everything that they're supposed to do by encouraging them, by loving them, by caring for them, and putting their needs ahead of our own needs. So that's how a servant leader can really be successful. Now again, there's five C's that we want to address, and these five C's are character, communication, conceptual thinking, commitment to growth, and community. What we're going to talk about today is how can we communicate better as a servant leader? How did Jesus Christ do it, and how can we follow along with the same process? Make sure that you stay tuned because if you go all the way to the end, you'll be able to download a copy of the notes that are down in the descriptions below. I'll make those available to you, and then you can also use those also. Don't forget to check out our website at christianleadershippartners.org. You can find all of the notes and all of the um, information there in this study. Let's take a look at Hebrews 2.10 before we progress, though. And it tells us, for God whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader, fit to bring them into salvation. So Jesus Christ acts as the perfect role model for us as leaders, and we want to make sure that we can try and emulate what it was that he did. Now, of course, we'd never be able to be exactly like Jesus Christ, but if we have something to shoot for, if we have somebody that we can role model, if we have somebody that we can study and look into the Bible and understand just a little bit more about how he did things, then can't we be that much more successful as well? So before I get started, we want to set our expectations of where we're at right now, and we want to write these down. And again, you can find these in the notes down below, but there are four questions that we want to get started on in our effort to try and understand a little bit more about servant leadership and how we can communicate well with that. Now, the first question goes back to the very same question that we started this whole study out with, and that's, what is your definition of being a servant? Maybe it's changed after you looked at our character development exercise last week. But if we go through and if we're understanding a little bit more, maybe our definition of servant leadership is becoming just a little bit different. The second question that I want to ask you is, is what's the most important method of communication in your organization or in your life? Or how do you communicate your vision to others? How is it that you do that? You know, every single one of us are going to do this differently, so it's important for you to be able to write these things down so that you can understand them, so that others can grab a hold of that concept as well. If you know where you're at right now, you're going to be able to go to that next level in your communication skills as well. 
The third question that I want to ask you is, is what causes you to be more attentive and to listen to someone? Now, if I can identify what that is, then maybe I can start trying to emulate that as well. Maybe I know of a good communicator who's really good at what they do, and I pay a lot of attention to how they do that. Maybe it's the way that they connect with others. Maybe it's their tone of voice. Maybe it is their excitement level. Maybe it's something about them that just makes them just a little bit different. Try and study what that is. Try and emulate that and try and put that into your own life. But you have to identify what that is. Remember to write it down. The fourth question that I want to ask you is, is how can you use the Bible to develop, to develop your communication skills? You see, the Word of God gives us all kinds of different examples of how we can do this, and hopefully we can point some of these, off, some of these ways out to you. And in fact, let's take a look at Luke 22, 26. It tells us, but among you it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and leaders should be like a servant. So if we have leadership leaders acting like servants, it's going to make all the difference in the world. And that's what we want to accomplish as we move forward in the servant leadership model. So let's take a look at how we can address our team just maybe a little bit more effectively. Matthew 4, 18 and 19 gives us a great picture of how Jesus Christ did this himself. One day as Jesus was walking through the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon also called Peter and Andrew, throwing a net into the water for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come follow me, I will show you how to fish for people. What was Jesus doing? He was talking to these people at the level that they were at. He was talking to a bunch of fishermen, so he spoke to them as fishermen. You know, when Jesus addressed a group of farmers, he addressed them as farmers. Even when he addressed the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he had them go back into the Word of God and study what they already knew. We have to be able to discuss things at the highest level and at the lowest level. And then sometimes we have to be able to communicate to all three levels at the same time. Now, Jesus Christ was a master of this, but we want to be able to start making sure that we can do this as well. Now, if I can connect with somebody at the lowest level, then I should also be able to connect with somebody at that medium level. Because you see, the connection processes are exactly the same. If I'm talking to them, looking at them in the eye, if I'm speaking with them using simple to understand phrases, but I'm also speaking slowly enough for them to be able to understand and comprehend and do the things that I know that I want them to do. I also want to make sure that I pause long enough for them to be able to catch up with what I'm saying and to maybe ponder a couple of the different things that we're talking about. So I have this question for you, and you can find these questions also in the notes below. But how can you learn to communicate with your people at the level that they can understand? How can you do that? What are some processes that you can implement that you can start learning how to do these things even that much more effectively? So one of the most important skills that we can develop as a good communicator is to make sure that we're listening as well. You see, what happens is, is that we want to be able to make sure that we're connecting with the people that we're talking about, even if it's in a crowded area or if it's just a, a single area where I've got, my, got the entire focus on my people. You see, on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus was talking to his disciples. Now, there were other people that were there, but look at what the scriptures say. This is Matthew 5, 1 and 2, and it tells us, One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. So this passage here tells us that Jesus Christ sat down, looked them in the eye, and he began to teach them one-on-one. -on -one. Now, we saw last week that he used the Sermon on the Mount to help develop their character. And we want to make sure that we're going to develop the character initially with our junior leaders and with the members of our team. But what we also want to do is we want to make sure that we're speaking with them at the same eye level. We want to make sure that we're providing them with the tools necessary to make sure that they can succeed. 
Because the moment that I tell them to do something but I don't equip them, then we'll see that that just doesn't work out. So let me ask you this question then. What are some ways that you can connect better with the people who are you connecting with? Now, connection is extraordinarily important here, and I know that I can do that through my body language. I know that I can pause long enough for us to be able to do that, and we talked about that. We talked about the, the ability to be able to communicate with somebody by looking them directly in the eye. How many people do you know, how many leaders do you know that have actually taken the time to not even look you in the face when they're addressing you, especially if it's something negative? But if I can look someone in the eye, then I know that I can address them at a point where they understand that my communication is directly with them. And sometimes I'm not looking directly at the, at one, at the entire group, but I'm looking at one person in the group. But what I want to do is I want to make sure that I occasionally gaze around looking at every single person, establishing that eye contact so that once I do, now I've connected with them. And we can see that that's what Jesus Christ did here with his disciples. So the true value of being a servant is that the organization's needs become greater than your own. You know, Jesus communicated this when he told his disciples that he called them friends. Well, let's go to John 15, 15. It shows us this very clearly. It says, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends, since I've told you everything the Father has told me. This is important for us because now what happens is, is that I can now say, you, you are my friends. I've established this one-on-one -on -one relationship with you. I know what your needs are. I know what your desires are. I know what your goals are. I know what you want to accomplish in the things that you want to do. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that we can do this with our team. Once our team knows that we put their needs ahead of our own, then we know that they're treating us as a friend. You know, the beautiful thing about friend in both Hebrew and in the Greek, it means somebody that stands between us and the enemy. If Jesus Christ is our friend, and if we're the friend of those who are parts of our organization, and we, we treat them with respect, and they'll treat us with respect as well. But the moment that they know that we're going to stand up for them between them and the enemy, between them and higher management, between them and the customer, when it's time to stand up for them, then we know that they're going to follow us wherever we go and whatever we do. So the question then becomes, how has connections with someone who has inspired you caused you to want more? Have you noticed that there are people who inspire you, and they want they cause you to want to get more. They cause you to want to establish a better contact with them, and they make you want to be better. They make you hungry. They make you want to go out and accomplish that task that better supports the entire organization. If you can identify who that leader was in your life, and if you can start following along the way and using some of the principles that they used, I think that you'll find that you'll be just as successful as they were. You know, we can also take a look at the Great Commission. And what we want to start looking at is, is how can we start communicating our vision to others? So Jesus used this in the Great Commission, and we can see this in the Synoptic Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So what we want to do is we want to see how this Great Commission works and what it means. Let's take a look at Mark 16, 15. And it tells us, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. You know, it's interesting, he tells us this verse, and we read this verse, and we say, okay, I need the vision of going out and preaching this good news to everybody that needs to know it. The important thing to notice here, though, is that if I read this verse in context, in Mark 16, 14, Jesus got done rebuking them for their stubborn unbelief. So what he does is, he, before he gives them the mission, he's actually going to get them in line and say, okay, 
need you to pay attention here. This is really important for us. I want you to set aside all of your failures and everything else that you think are going to keep you from this. Now I'm going to give you the vision. And then if I go to Mark 16, 16 and 17, then I can see that he equips them for the journey. And he says, and all these things will happen for those who believe. They'll lay hands on the sick. They'll cast out demons. They'll baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. All the things that he told them that they needed to be able to take that mission and go out and do something with, he equips them with the tools that were necessary for them to be able to do that. So what we want to do then is we want to ask this question, how can I cast my vision to others? This is extremely important because as a leader, what we want to do is we want to make sure that others can understand what that vision is that we're trying to lay out there. Now, sometimes I can tie this into the mission or the vision that they have for their own personal lives, and that's why it's so important for me to understand them as a friend. If I know what their goals and their aspirations are, if I know what their commitments to growth are, then I can add value to their lives by giving them a mission and a vision that not only they, are, they can accomplish, but also that I can equip them for. So we want to make sure that we are able to do all of those things for them. So what we want to understand is, is that in Proverbs 29, 18, in the King James Version, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. So what we want to do then is I want to ask you two questions that are going to help us to develop this vision that we have maybe for our family, maybe for our subordinate leaders, maybe for the organization as a whole, if you're a CEO, a CFO. If you're trying to get a vision out to the people who are following you along, we want to ask ourselves these two questions. Now again, make sure that you download a copy of the notes below or make sure that you subscribe and hit the notification bell so you don't miss any one of these. But we want to ask ourselves these questions. What are the common elements in the vision that you have for those of your subordinates? So what we want to do is we want to make sure that I have a common element in the things that I lay out for my subordinates. If I can get a common element in there, they know that it's not going to change and that I'm not going to move the goalposts on them. As long as the goalposts are set and established and I know that these are the things that I'm going to do and I'm not going to expect any more of you and this is what I'm going to equip you to accomplish. When I'm doing that, I'm making sure that I have the common elements of that vision established there. I also want to make sure that I identify what the common elements in their own visions are and make sure that I can marry those up with the common elements of the vision of the organization. Once I'm able to do that, now all of a sudden they're accomplishing their own vision and their own goals and their own desires. But you have to know your people, you have to write it down, and you have to make sure that you know exactly what that is. Don't be afraid to pause this podcast or this broadcast and make sure that you grab a hold of this concept. The second question that I have for you is, is how can you tie in those two visions into a common theme? Again, what I want to do is I want to take the vision of my subordinates and I want to make, take the vision of the organization. I want to tie these things into one common theme. And once I establish what that theme is, then I know that I can move forward and my subordinates will follow me willingly. And in fact, they'll probably push me along. They'll bring the organization up to that next level. So what I want to do here I want to write down what that vision is. Write down what that common vision is. Write down what that vision looks like. The more that you're able to write it down, the better you're going to be able to visualize it when it comes time to communicate that to your team. Once you're able to do that, make sure that you sit them down. Post it someplace where they can see it. Every time that they walk into the organization, every time that they leave the organization, you can put it on a plaque on your wall right before you enter your house or maybe right after you leave your house, you can see this. Maybe you have it on your bathroom mirror so that you can understand it and believe it as well. 
but we want to make sure that we even take these things, help us to put it in a place where we're going to be in a place to do this much more successfully. So what I want to do then is I want to take you on a communication building exercise. I'm going to ask you five different questions and there'll be five different tasks that I'm going to lay out before you. And in this case, you probably will need a pen and a pencil. Make sure that you either rebroadcast this to yourself if you're working out or if you're driving, but make sure that you take the time to be able to write these down. Now, the, the first verse that I want you to see here is James 1.19, and it tells us, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. This sets the stage for our communication skills and the opportunities that we're gonna to have to be able to get these visions in front of our people. So the first thing that I wanna do is I wanna identify what is my most effective method of communication. It could be verbal, it could be nonverbal, it could be visual, it could be written, it could be through texts, it could be through emails, but I really do encourage you to identify what that is and move towards either a verbal or a visual process where you're getting this to your people. You see, once they hear it from your own mouth, in your own tone, they can see the excitement or hear the excitement in your voice, they can see it in your face. You can post this in videos, you can post it to Facebook, you can even rebroadcast it to yourself every single morning, every time that you get up. Maybe even at night before you go to bed. Once you do that, what you're doing is, is you're putting this into your theta state of mind and you're getting this in front of yourself and you're programming your mind to that vision, to what it is that you want to accomplish. So you want to identify what this process is and if you can improve this process to be able to get that much better, especially if it's verbal or visual, make sure that you do that process. So this is the second part of that exercise. And this is based on Romans 12, six through eight. And it tells us in his grace, God has given each of us a different gift for doing certain things well. So what we wanna do is we wanna make sure that we can use this method of communication to communicate with our teams just maybe a little bit better. And if we can do that, then we know that we can follow this process of success. So what we wanna do then is we wanna use these different things as we communicate with our teams. Now, if it's, verbal communication, then what I want to do is I want to make sure that I'm practicing this and I'm using the best methods possible. Because if I'm really good at this, if I can work on it, then I can become that much better. In other words, if you're a naturally gifted verbal communicator, you're going to be in the top 10% of your field, which is actually pretty good. But if you work on the process, you're going to be in the top 2% of your field and you're going to be that much better. And the more that you work on it, you're gonna become an expert, whether it's in your organization, whether it's in your field, or whether it's just in your own individual lives. But you're gonna see a huge difference as people follow you and as you go out and make a difference in the lives of others. So the third part of this exercise, we wanna ask ourselves, what is your plan of action to increase this skill so that you can consider, be considered that expert? So what we wanna do is we wanna make sure that we're watching YouTube videos, we're listening to podcasts that are making us successful. We wanna make sure that I'm reading books, I'm reading articles maybe about how to communicate in this method of communication better. Whether again, it's verbal or nonverbal, or if it's through the written word, or if it's through emails. If I can understand how to do this better, if I can use things like tools like Grammarly to improve my written skills, or if I can even use AI to help help program myself to the point of understanding it just a little bit better and getting all the right words, make sure that you add your own originality to it so that people don't think that you're some kind of robot out there. But also, we can also see this 
this further on in Romans chapter 12, and it says, so if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. And what this verse is telling us is, is that we want to make sure that we're taking what we have been blessed with and we're using it to our best ability. That we're actually increasing the odds of the success of not only our team, but our organization. And not only that, as I move forward with these things, I'm going to become that better leader. I'm going to become that better servant. I'm going to be able to meet the needs of the organization. I'm going to be able to meet the needs of my own team. And we're going to be that much more successful as we move forward. The only way that I can really build community is to be able to communicate this vision to people in a way that they can understand it, in a way that they can absorb it into their own lives. So the fourth part of this exercise tells us that we need to find scriptures that can demonstrate this method of communication. Now we talked about this earlier, but if I can open up the Bible and I can sit down and see how did Jesus address crowds? How did Jesus address individuals? How did Jesus address people who had a conflict with him? How did Jesus address people who were trying to worship him rather than help become a part of the organization? How did he encourage others to become more committed to the organization that he was a part of? If we can look at each one of these different leadership skills that Jesus used, then I know that I can be that much more successful. You know, if you're trying to improve your written skills, take a look at some of the letters that Paul wrote. If you see the way that he addressed things, you, you'll start to see a pattern that he used. He always greeted them positively, and he always ended with a positive statement, but he also had different building blocks and different steps that he used to be able to get people to understand his primary concept. Maybe you want to look through the Gospels and see how those were communicated to different people groups. You'll look at Matthew and see how that was communicated to the Jews. You can see how Mark was actually communicated to the workers of of different organizations. You can see how Luke was actually used as an opportunity for Jesus Christ as Lord and teacher to teach people. And you can even look at John as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and how he used that opportunity to be able to communicate that into people's lives. You know, further on in Romans 12, we can also read this. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. So we want to make sure that every single thing that we do is done in a proper way. If I can find the meaning of the scripture, then if I can read it in context, and then if I can start applying it to my life, then I'm going to start seeing positive results in every single thing that I set my hands to, and I'm going to be that much more successful. So I know that I can do these things. Let's go on to this fifth step in our character building exercise. So our fifth step is this. We want to identify a specific time when you might need to use one of the other methods. You see, what we're trying to do is we're trying to make sure that I can start developing these other methods that I might not be quite as good at. Remember, we talked about what an attribute was. Maybe you're a naturally gifted writer and you're not as good at the spoken word. Well, maybe you need to really improve on your written skills so you can be in that top 10%, and maybe you need to improve your skills of your verbal communication just a little bit better. Practice speaking in front of a mirror. Get together a couple of your best friends. Take a message and try and present it to your dog. However you do those things, you want to make sure that you're developing each and every one of these attributes and also developing these skills. So especially, you're not going to get your communication methods any better than your lowest level. So if your lowest level happens to be um, 
your text or your visual communication skills, if you just can't seem to get over that hump, you really need to work hard on that to be able to bring that skill up because that's the one skill that could possibly be holding you back. Check this out. This is Romans 12, and it says, and if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. You know, if I can take this gift of showing others that I'm kind, then I know that I can do this gladly and I can process all the things that I'm trying to communicate with them clearly and in a way that they can understand it and use it in a way that's not only going to benefit them, but also the organization. And it'll also benefit me as a leader. Because what I'm doing is, is I'm starting to develop these same things within my subordinate leaders. And in fact, I encourage you to take this character building exercise, these last five questions that I had, and try and get those into the lives of your subordinates. Start doing exercises with them. Use these tools. Download a copy of the notes and use it there at your job specialty, wherever you're at. And make sure that these people are following along with you and they'll be, they'll be making a difference not only in their own lives, but again, within the organization. So I hope that this, this broadcast has been a blessing for you. I do encourage you to make sure that you subscribe. Don't lose any one of these and go out and be that leader that you know that you can be.